0: Welcome to the Weekly Buzz. You're listening to the Weekly Buzz brought to you by electricianslibrary.com, where we're building the world's largest online electrical resource, including product videos, pool reviews, data sheets, continuing education, and more. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, Buzz Nation? Welcome to episode 21 of the Weekly Buzz. We are rolling right along and going to excuse John Muir again this week because, uh, you know, like I said last week, his wife had a baby, so I'm giving him a couple of weeks off. So, anyways, let's go ahead and get started with our Instagram shout outs. And I'm gonna go way back to somebody who I'm pretty sure was one of my very first followers on the Instagram, and that is JJ Amazon Mary E C C. Uh, so this is uh shows in the profile your electrical consultant. So licensed electrical contractor like they got a website under construction when they set this Instagram up, but they got a website of electricecc.com. So check that out, J-J-M-E-C-C. Looks like they got some good photos on there of some older stuff they're doing, some newer stuff, uh, standing in front of a wall of Klein tools, which who wouldn't love to be standing in front of that and want to buy everything on there. So check out JJ. M-E-C-C. Shout out to you guys. And then as of this recording, my most recent follower on Instagram, Trav Mart, T-R-A-V-M-A-R-T. Travis Martin, thank you for the follow. One of my favorite pictures you got posted on there is of your little six foot baby Stanley Fat Max uh, tape measure. I love the Fat Maxes. They're fantastic. In fact, maybe we'll do a Maybe we'll do a a product review, a tool review on those one of these days. So anyways, check out Trav Mart on the old Instagram and tell him I sent you over. You know, we want to spread love and help each other build our communities. So with that, guys, I want to get right into the tool review for the week. So hang on tight. Here it comes. So today I want to talk to you and show you one of my favorite products out there on the market. And this is the uh, Nest Thermostat. I don't know how many of you are aware of this. I know they've made a pretty big uh, splash in the market. But the Nest Thermostat is a smart thermostat. So it goes along with, uh, with your smart home. Even if you don't have a smart home, my home's quite old actually. And I was able to integrate it really quite easily. But as you can see, it's a really nice looking unit. Very sleek. Very... Uh, you know, it's got the chrome finish on the outside and as you mount it to the base, it, you, you can barely see it in the camera there, but it twists and that's how you control your, uh, your temperature, uh, the, the up and down of the temperature. And so it's got a lot of good features on it. One of the features that I love the most about it is that it hooks up to your smartphone over Wi-Fi, And so you can control it from wherever you are. So for instance, uh, last winter, I, uh, I just decided to get on my phone and check what the temperature was at the, at the house. And my wife had it up a little high, so I kicked it down and I promptly got a text telling me to quit messing with the thermostat. And then another time she said, she texted me and said she was having trouble, couldn't get it to work. So I, uh, kicked it on and it kind of, kind of scared her a little bit when it kicked on because I, I was able to do it. So anyways, it's a very cool product very, uh, very handy to be able to check the temperature from wherever you are and it also will let you know uh, if the thermostat gets uh, goes offline for any reason. And, you know, it's it's just really handy to be able to check those kind of things out when you're when you're away from the house. One other feature that it has is Nest also has some uh, they call it the Nest Protect, which I'll do a review on those two, but it will hook up to those which are smoke carbon smoke alarms. And if the if the Nest Protect senses that there's a problem with carbon monoxide, it will it will kick the power off to the thermostat, so the so the uh, furnaces can't kick back on. So I'll show a short video really quick about some of the features, but uh, you know check it out. Very cool, very very sleek, very stylish, but also very useful with the functions it has. One other function that it does is it learns. And so it will start to after you know about 30 45 days of having the house it starts to learn your patterns of of when you're in the house, when you're not in the house and what temperatures you like to have it at, whether you like it hotter or cooler. And so it will start to automatically adjust to some of those some of those patterns so that you don't have to keep kicking it on and off. And when it does sense that you're away, it will automatically kick down to a preset minimum temperature so that your furnace is not running or your air conditioner is not running the whole time that you're away. So check it out, Uh, Nest Thermostat. I'll have a link to it at electricianslibrary.com so you can check it out. All right, so let's get into our questions for the week. So three questions we got. First question, Panel, ber- panel board versus a load center. What's the difference? So which one do you typically use? Where do you use it? Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have had these questions and it's it's pretty standard. I mean, you know, you hear somebody say panel board, you hear somebody say load center, you get the general idea of what they're talking about, but you may not always know exactly which one they're wanting to use. I've had a lot of guys come in and say they're looking for a panel board we get them a panel board and they say, no, I don't want that one. I want the other one, which is a load center. So let's talk about the basics here for a second. So a load center technically is a panel board, but a panel board has got more options available when you, when you install them. And that's why they, most of the time you're going to see a panel board in the commercial or industrial applications. They're just they have more options, and so it makes them a better fit for those, for those situations. So a load, sem- a load center is basically, it's just simply a term that's been used uh, throughout the electrical industry, and it applies actually to panel boards because these are the panel boards that are used mostly in residential or light commercial applications. So a load center is a panel board that is used on houses, you know, residential things, light commercial applications. But the, the thing is, is that the NEC, National Electrical Code, does not distinguish between the two, okay? It does not see a difference between a panel board or a load center. They only recognize, they they recognize everything as a panel board. So as a consequence of this, all of the rules and definitions that apply to panel boards apply also to load centers. So what exactly is a panel board then? Well, a panel board is a type of enclosure that's used, you know, it puts your breaker, you put your breakers in it. It's used for overcurrent protection devices or busing or connections that provide power to these devices. And you know, their their associated circuits. So a panel board encloses the busing encloses the breakers and it it is the protective housing where you put all these where you put all these things for your for your loads to tie back into. So according to the NEC You know panel boards, which also include load centers, are they're they're used to control light, heat, and power circuits. They're placed in a cabinet or a cutout box. They're mounted in or against a wall, and they're accessible only from the front. Okay, so if you're being able to access access uh, parts from the back, then you're not dealing with a panel board anymore. You're probably getting more into switch switchboard slash MCCs, and we'll go over those. Uh, later on in a, in a later podcast. So accessible only from the front and a few other major differentiating, you know, other differences that we have with between a load center and panel board is that most of the time, in fact, every time that I have, have seen anyways, a load center comes with the interior already installed. Um, Depending on the application, you know, the cover and trim may also be installed. But a lot of times they'll come separate. So a pan, and with a panel board, however, most of the time the manufacturer will ship the can in advance uh, the, or the enclosure. And they do this because that gives you an opportunity, say in the commercial application, to mount the can on your conduits and have it all ready to go without having the interior and breakers get all banged and roughed up and you know just kind of ruin the ruin the aesthetics or even even break uh, the panel cover or a lot of times the the covers have a tendency to get lost so they'll ship the canner and the enclosure a lot sooner and then later on in the project the interior will be shipped and installed with the breakers you know typically load centers as far as as ratings go typically load centers are only rated at 240 volts max but panel boards can go you know will go clear up to 600 volts. So that's uh, one of the, those are some of the main differences between a load center center and a panel board. So if you uh, ever have that question, or if you ever have anybody else ask you that question, then hopefully you can give them that simple explanation and, uh, you know, let them know, you know, that's a panel board. No, that's a load center. So question number two, uh, had a, had a guy call me the other day asking me this question because he didn't quite understand what uh, how, to, how to make one of these calculations, but how do you figure um, kilowatt hours and the associated cost that comes along with kilowatt hours? So kilowatt hour is kind of an interesting, you know, kind of a weird, maybe obscure little concept, kind of a weird phrase, I guess you would say. Uh, it's not something, I don't know, it's very intangible, okay? And then to have somebody... Turn around and say, "Well, I'm charging you so much money per kilowatt hour." You know, it makes it makes it almost seem like the utilities are are just making stuff up so they can make money. But you, dealing with kilowatt hours doesn't have to be difficult. It's really actually fairly simple once you once you've gone through the exercise once or twice. But first of all, why do you need to know how to figure the kilowatt hour usage? If nothing else, it's it's so that you can see what you're going to be paying. Uh, on your electric bill, whether you get a new appliance, whether you're trying to figure a load out for a customer, you know, trying to figure out on, on motors, whatever the load might be, you can figure out roughly what the cost to run that piece of equipment is going to be. If you wanted to go, you know, be super helpful, you could help your customers understand roughly what they're going to be paying uh, when they do some upgrades or get some new appliances or whatever the case may be. So what is a kilowatt hour? Well, kilo, you know, the prefix kilo means thousands and watts, of course, are volts times amps, you know, according to Ohm's law. And an hour just simply means the hours that the load is used. So let's look at a quick example. If you've got a piece of paper and a pencil, pull it out and kind of walk through this with me. But let's say you have 10 60 watt incandescent lamps. Okay, so 10 times 60 is going to equal 600 watts. So now we just need to convert that kilowatts into or those watts into kilowatts. And to do that, we just divide by 1000. So 600 over 1000 is 0.6 kilowatts. Now, you know, we go over to the hour, the time part of the equation. So let's burn these lamps for 10 hours a day. So if we go 0.6 kilowatts and they're going to run for 10 hours a day, so multiply 0.6 times 10 That gives you six kilowatt hours. Okay. 0.6 kilowatts times 10 hours equals six kilowatt hours. So 10 60 watt lamps burning for 10 hours a day is equal to six kilowatt hours. So how much is that going to cost you? Well, I just, I just ran across the nation's average power rate, which is about 10 cents per kilowatt hour. So six kilowatt hours times 10 cents per kilowatt hour it's going to cost you 60 cents to run those lamps for about 10 hours. So of course, you know, appliances or electronics are going to vary with their power consumption. Some, you know, some are just hungrier than others. You just, it just depends on what it is, but typically, you know, older appliances are going to use the most energy and the newer models are manufactured more efficient. Of course, you got the energy star appliances available for purchase out there. And, and things of that nature, but if you go over to the site electricianslibrary.com you can check out the blog post on this very same subject and I've got a list of appliances and kind of their typical uh, wattage use and you can see what are what's you know using the most energy and what is not using so much energy. so that's question number two and that is how to figure you know kilowatt hours with associated cost. And so question number 3 is kind of one of those uh, funny questions that I ran across that you know it's it's an easier one to answer and but it's still a little bit confusing. And the question is how is wire actually measured? Is it MCM or is it KC mill? So as I you know as as I came across this question, I saw that it was fairly common. I've I've had a couple of guys ask me this as well and It's one of those where even though it may seem common to one person, it's not so common to the next and it's easy to forget uh, exactly, exactly what the difference is. So I thought this was going to be a good refresher to some of you out there or, you know, new information to others. But so the question is, what's the difference between MCM and KC Mill? Is it just a regional thing or is there some difference that I'm missing? That's the question. And really, truly, the short answer is they're this exact same thing. One and the same. But a little bit longer answer is that the this is a measurement used for determining wire sizes bigger than four-aught. And they do it in a term called circular mill. So in, in a simple, you know, kind of simple terms, circular mill is a unit of area and one circular mill is equal to the area of a circle with a diameter of one thousandth of an inch, okay. One mil is equal to one thousandth of an inch. So, a circular mill is intended to to be used as a reference to the area of a wire with a circular cross section. So, the NEC uses the circular mill as as its standard that it uses for measurement of larger conductors. And the circular mill is just abbreviated two different ways. That's really all it is: MCM and KC mill the M or the K stands for thousand. The CM or C mill stand for circular mills. That's really all it is. It's just a different way of writing it. Now, MCM is is pretty much just the old way of denoting the size and KC is the newer way of stating the exact same thing. So, just here's one quick example of how this works. Let's say that you're pulling a run of 500 MCM or 500 KC That simply means that you're Pulling a conductor that has a cross-section of 500,000 circular mils. So 500,000 thousandths of an inch. So it's, I mean, anybody that's pulled a 500 MCM, you know, that's a pretty good size conductor. Especially if it comes back and smacks you in the face. And it's not something that you that you really want to mess around with when it's coming right at your face. So anyways, those are the three questions for the day. What's the difference between a panel board and a load center? What, how do you figure kilowatt hours and why would you want it? And then what's the difference between MCM and KC Mill? So with that, I'm going to call this episode 21. I hope that you're enjoying this new format a little better where we've got questions and answers. And hopefully they're, they're useful to you. Now, of course, some are going to be tailored more to The Apprentice some hopefully we're going to get into a little more hairy stuff that uh, gives some of you older guys that have been in the trade a little bit of something to think about. But I think it's I think it's more useful. I'm learning. Hopefully you're learning. And I think it's I think it I'm liking it a lot better this way than just picking one topic. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure that you get out there and share this uh, with the guys on the job site. Hopefully we can make this uh, make this a big thing. Get the word out and create a little bit more knowledge out there for everybody that, uh, that's working in the trade. So thanks for tuning in to episode 21. We'll be back next week with three more questions, some more Instagram shout outs, and some more tool reviews. So thanks again. Get out there and have a great week. And until uh, next time, stay grounded.